T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to The Connection a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa DeMattis-Lapore and Ann Baldwin. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. My name is Ann Baldwin, and I'm here in the radio studios of Baldwin Media, where we put the show together, and we got a little switch up today. It's uh, it's Bring Your Daughter to Work Day, and it's also co-host day with uh, my good friend, Beth Connor. Beth, welcome to the program. Thanks, Ann. Glad to be here. You're, you've been on the show so many times, and you're the force behind it because you always set up all of our great guests, and we'll get to our next guest in a little bit, which I'm very excited about. So how are you guys at The Connection hanging in? Me too. In? Yes. How are we're you? hanging in there. Are you? We're hanging in there. Yeah, the new normal. So yeah. uh, I think we're all getting used to working from home, and, you know, that's what everyone's doing. So, uh, you know, it's uh, you have the same conversations with folks about their pets and their kids, and uh, we're all just muddling through and, and getting the work done and caring for our clients as best we can and uh, of course we do have a number of our staff that are working on the front lines uh, with our staff in our residential programs and others Um, so I'm fortunate that I have the flexibility to work both in the office at home but some of our uh, staff are out there uh, with all their protective equipment working with clients well you know we want to give kudos to them absolutely absolutely because there's just some things that you know for for lack of a better term are hands-on you know people think well you know we can work remotely a lot of people can but there's a lot of positions in this world that you can't um right. and, and these right. are essential workers i mean there are a lot of essential workers out there that have still had to um you know just kind of suit up and continue doing what they're doing i gotta tell you i cannot work from home I just, I, I don't have the mentality. I've got to get up. i got to dress up. i got to show up. So I'm fortunate that my office building here in New Britain has pretty much been shut down, and I've got my own separate floor here, so I don't have to worry about, you know, other people coming in and out. So I've pretty much been here. It does take some discipline. Yeah, yeah, I bet it does. And, you know, the other thing, the other thing about it is, you know, just because you're working from home, I've heard – and talk to a lot of people, including you and Lisa DeMattis-Lapore, I don't think a lot of us have ever worked harder during these times. That's true. That's true. We were talking about it the other day, 
in the office and saying that we don't even get up to stretch our legs. Mm-hmm. You know, once we're in the mode and we're sitting here at our computers in our offices, we just go, 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 go. Yep. And, uh, you know, you don't have the, you don't have colleagues to, you know, chat with. You don't uh, get up and, and make yourself a cup of coffee like you would if you were in the office. It's a whole different routine. And so we're all trying to get used to that as well. But uh, we are finding that we're, we're productive and getting things done. And I guess that's the point. Really, that is. To continue yep. doing our work. Yep. Well, I know one thing that's kept me busy is um, here at Baldwin Media, two of my clients are the Connecticut Association of Boards of Education and the Connecticut Association of Public School Superintendents. So schools have always been on my my list as far as generating public relations for them. But I found that, you know, during all of this, because public education and remote learning has been such a hot topic that I am just busier than busy trying to, you know, book these folks on as guests. Um, many of these people have been involved in the the reopening planning, if you will, because one of the things that I will give the governor credit for is that a lot of the decisions on remote education and when and if we open up our schools, he's included people that really work in that arena when it comes to that. So dental hygienists or hairstylists and things like that. But today what we're really focusing on is public education. And it's just so fun that um, we get to have your daughter, Amanda Connor on. And Amanda is a sixth grade math teacher and has really been, and I haven't talked to anybody from this perspective, which is really interesting. Um, about how things are going, how do you switch from the classroom um, to technology, and that's what we're going to talk to Amanda about. So, Amanda, thank you for agreeing to be on the program with Mom. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And I I have to say, at at home, she's my colleague. So uh, we're sharing spaces here. So, uh, So that adds another perspective, too. It does. So, Amanda, tell us a little bit about, you know, what was it like before all of this? What, you know, what was a normal day in the sixth grade classroom as a math teacher? What was that like? What was your day like? Well, you know, we had all of our routines set. Um, You know, this happened in March and we were three quarters of the way through the year. So, you know, kids would attend their classes every day. Um, They would socialize. You know, we would have classroom discussions we do a lot of group work um and things of that sort and you know we don't have that anymore we've had to get really creative in how we're delivering instruction because all of the routines and all of the techniques that we're used to using um won't work when you're teaching remotely and i know that when when the decision was made to teach remotely that you all had to get a crash course in all these new systems so yeah. talk a little little bit about the technology involved and uh, really the learning curve that all the teachers had to uh, gain. So when we announced we were closing, um, students went home on a Friday, and then we had a half-day uh, professional development that Friday and then the following Monday. So we kind of just explored different resources we can use. Um, we are a Google district, so... We've been using Google Classroom to post our content each day and for students to upload assignments. Uh, We've been using Google Meets, which is kind of like Zoom, um, you know, so we can meet virtually with our students. But, I mean, we really had to 
achieve our curriculum in a matter of days um, and figure out how we're going to deliver it online. Wow. Well, I remember um, I remember the first call that I got was from Stratford Public Schools. Uh, the superintendent there, Janet Robinson, said she had one of the first suspected cases of a student with COVID. And um, oh, wow. yeah, so they obviously had to shut down. And then there was the speculation, well, when will you reopen? And the reality was they didn't reopen and everybody else followed suit and everybody closed. So I would think, you know, technology, you sound like, you know, you're a young teacher, right, Amanda? How long have you been teaching? Yeah, uh, five years. Five years. So I yeah. worked long enough with school systems to know that, um, you know, there's there's younger talent coming into school systems, but there's also a lot of people um, that are still talented but have been around a while, and technology doesn't necessarily come, you know, second nature like it does to people you know, of your generation. So how hard oh, was sure. that? Yeah. How hard was that, you know, for, for folks to adjust? Um, incredibly. I mean, I'm fortunate that, you know, I am newer to the profession. So I was already using a lot of technology resources. I just kind of had to get creative in how to use them more. Um, but I know some of my colleagues were learning from square one, um, you know, and some people don't feel comfortable being on video. Um, one of my teammates, wasn't even using Google Classroom prior, but said, I need to start using it because everyone else is. Um, so I think everyone's just taking it day by day. Um, we have a really great support system with our administration and the technology department. So we've all just kind of been working together to help each other learn new tools and explore them and deliver our instruction the best way we can right now. And what about the students, Amanda? So uh, how are they dealing with uh, the new technology and logging in and, and you know, working differently? The first few weeks were a little rough. I know, you know, no one was used to it yet, and we didn't know how long this would be going on. Um, but we all just kept communicating with families and students and helping them out. Um, now a lot are doing, a lot are thriving, which surprised me, um, surprised all of us. You know, they're logging on every day they're asking questions they're attending class virtually and you know they're really thriving but there are kids who are struggling i mean it's a we're going through such a difficult time right now and you know we don't know what situations are happening at home but i can imagine that there's other stressors that are um affecting their progress right now too but um you know we're just trying to do our best to support them um the best we can we have our support team at school uh, with counselors, administrators, school nurse, and, you know, everyone's just trying to reach out and to those students who are struggling and make sure that they're still receiving education. Right, and there's so many different, there's so many different um, dynamics here. You know, I know right. initially there might not be, you know, two or three laptops at the home. They might not even have Internet access. And I know, like, for my sister in Colorado who is homeschooled, all of her kids, you know, for, for as long as I can remember, which I always thought she was weird for that, but now we're all doing it, right? Is that it's really, <laughs> it's here you are a sixth grade math teacher. And I know even for like my granddaughter who's in second grade, sometimes you, you still need parental or guardian involvement. It's not something where you just go tell your kid, hey, go log on and get your work done 
or go to class. Oh, of course. If there's got to be supervision. There's got to be assistance, and not everybody has that. Well, and it's difficult, too, with a lot of parents are working from home, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're trying to balance making sure their students are doing what they need to do and also doing their jobs. And I can imagine, too, especially with, you know, you talk about how, it, let's say, for example, if it's it's Google or if it's Zoom, there's still a visual there. And, right. you know, th- like you said, there's distractions going on in the home. Um, you're not, you, not everybody gets their own space. I mean, I'm sure a lot of teachers are seeing some pretty amazing and not necessarily great stuff when it comes to, you know, you're actually going into somebody's home, a place that you might not have ever been before. Right. It's, it's been weird, <laughs> you know, and they're seeing our home, too. I've, my cat interrupted my meeting this morning with my students, just <laughs> jumped on in, and everyone loves to introduce their pets and their siblings, um, you know, but I know students have had to watch their siblings in addition with school. It's, it's a totally different world. What do you think, Amanda, that the long-term educational impact of this might be on on students. Do you think they're getting what they need right now, or do you think that they're going to be at a deficit when schools reopen? I mean, you know, we've been discussing this constantly, all of my colleagues. Um, we're we're still pushing our curriculum. We are teaching, but it's at much a much slower pace. Um, so, you know, we're already planning next year for what skills students might have missed and how we can remediate them. Um, you know, I'm looking at what fifth grade skills did they not get to that I need to teach them before we can move on to sixth grade content. Um, and, you know, we're not doing end of year testing. We don't know, we don't have a benchmark for them for where they're at like we usually do. Um, cause we can't deliver those in this platform. So I think we're all expecting students to be behind next year. Um, but I know all teachers are saying, you know, we will catch them up and we just have to do what we have to do, knowing that everyone has not gotten the same quality of instruction that they would have if they were in school. What are students uh, missing out on? What are teachers missing out on? What What's the, you know, the downside of uh, of this? I know there's a lot of things, but what, what strikes you the most? You know, we... We've, I've learned so much about, you know, how important it is to have students interact with each other and how important that is into their growth and development and their learning. Um, specifically in math, there's been a lot of recent discussions about how student discourse um, is important in developing their math skills. And it's really hard to do that virtually. Um, you know, even if they're coming to their virtual classroom on our video chat, it's, you know, you can't put them in a group and have them discuss. So, you know, they're missing those social aspects in the classroom and out of the classroom. Um, I know in uh, one of their classes, they had a big project to complete, and it was kind of like a famous project for sixth grade that they do every year. And we were saying we were sad we didn't get to see them walk down the hallways, you know, with their projects and have those presentations in person. Um, we had to cancel our field trip. You know, those things that kids remember, I think, from schools are mm-hmm. what we're missing out on right now is those experiences. But you talk about kids missing out, and, and you do miss out. You miss out on so, some of those milestones and some of those memories of, you know, being excited about lunchtime so you can sit next to your buddy and, and catch up. Right. Uh, those days are probably going to be over. Uh, you know, going out to recess and being able to play on the playground. Who knows if that's going to yeah. resume again? So it's just, um, it's like a lot of things, like getting your nails done is no longer going to be a luxury item. You're going to 
I think you're going to feel like, I don't know what you're going to feel like because I haven't done it yet, <laughs> but I can't wait until they reopen. So even getting your hair done, you know, is it, you're going to be there like you're in a third world, you know, outer space movie with people with masks and shields on and boy, things are going to just look different. I mean, you've got to, you've got to think ahead to that, Amanda, and go, what in the heck's going to, what's next? You know, we usually we have, um, you know, sort of a step up day at the end of the year where students will go to their next grade, kind of in an introduction. But we've had to think about, well, what is our class going to look like in the fall? We don't know. So we don't really know what we're going to tell incoming students as far as this is what we're going to do. It's all up in the air right now. And we don't know if we're going back to virtual in the fall, correct? They haven't made any decisions yet. No, we no decisions have been made. I know they're talking about all different possibilities, but you know we're trying to plan now, but we just can't. We don't know what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. And I think with the soft opening and things slowly rolling out, that's going to really be, you know, what determines what's next and what next looks like because we just don't know. I mean, there's so many you know, speculation that this could come back again in the fall. We don't know what we're dealing with. Where are we at on the vaccine? So, you know, we just, I think like anything else, you just got to kind of take it one day at a time. One of the other things that I found was interesting too, Amanda, is that there is this perception that, you know, schools are saving a ton of money right now, right? Because, you know, they're not feeding kids in the lunchroom. You know, they don't have the lights on and all the utilities and all that. But that I have found not to be true because they still are feeding kids. A lot of these kids are still getting, you know, the meals from the school programs. And this is a really a great expense to treat, to be able to teach remotely, right? It's not cheap. No, um, I do know that a lot of educational resources have opened up for free or discounted prices for teachers, just knowing that, you know, we need to start pulling together resources. But I know our district and I think most are, providing pickup lunches and meals for families. Um, and, you know, we're still doing professional development. We're still, we're still trucking forward. So it's, I don't think it would be less cost. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily more. And what do you think about, you know, the screen time? Because we've always, you know, we've always said, you know, get away from that computer screen. Enough is enough. But now, you know, kids are going to school online, and you can't tell me that they're, that doesn't mean they're not, you know, watching their YouTube videos and playing their games. So now they're in front of these computer screens even more than they were before. Definitely going to have some long-term effects, but we are fortunate that we have those tools to instruct in our district. Um, but I don't know what it's going to do in the long term. So, you know, I think it's interesting for people out there to get a reality check from somebody who's actually in the profession and has had to make this transformation like you have, Amanda. And if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Amanda Connor, who is a sixth grade math teacher. What is your advice? Because this probably isn't going to go away anytime soon. For people out there listening, maybe you're a grandparent, maybe you're a parent, you know, how can we better you know, support our kids, and what do you think parents need to know that they might not be thinking about right now? Parents need to not put so much pressure on themselves. You know, are their teachers are still here. We want to help. Um, you know, we are encouraging students to reach out to us, but I know younger ones probably a little more difficult. You know, reach out to your students, um, reach out to their teachers and ask them for help. You know, we're here to do that, and we are concerned about our kids, whether we see them in front of us every day or we don't. Um, and we want to do what we can to help them. So, you know, I would just say not to 
not to worry about being their teacher and to just contact your contact your child's teacher and really just communicate. Communication has been really a big help during this time. And support your student, right? Check in and, and sit next to them. Take absolutely take the time oh, yeah. to go over the homework and to go over the lessons. And although I got to tell you, thank goodness that my kids are grown and gone. Because if I had to sit down and probably figure out sixth grade math today, I <laughs> I bet I couldn't do it. It's yeah, all different I, now, Ann. Yeah, it is. I know. <laughs> it's all I always different. Told parents, I said if I wasn't teaching, I wouldn't know this either. <laughs> <laughs> So well, the, let me let me help them. <laughs> the, yeah, exactly. Now, some people have even suggested that maybe kids should, you know, kind of rewind, you know, go back and, and not progress to the next grade. What do you think about that, Amanda? I've heard that conversation. You know, I they did get through three quarters of the year. You know, mm-hmm. we got through more than half. We are still continuing our curriculum. Um, obviously, it's a different quality and a different platform, but... You know, I, I feel like that would just cause more trauma, you know, having them have to then redo the year again. Um, I think knowing everyone's just going to be a little behind and we're going to have to embed some um, remediation in the beginning of the year, it's just going to be a reality. I, I don't I don't know that keeping them behind would be beneficial in the long run. Mm. Do you think summer programs would help? Yeah, I know um, we're not sure in our school if summer school is going to happen. Um, but if it is, I know that they're going to be looking at the skills that we haven't been able to cover or haven't been able to cover as well. Um, and they're going to look to do some practice on those specific skills for those students. So, Beth, you and Amanda, you said share a workspace sometimes. So it must be interesting to see, you know, how this has actually transformed into an online classroom. You've witnessed it. Well, this is interesting because, of course, Amanda was in school not too long ago, too. So as a mom, I'm seeing this whole transformation here, right? So she was a student, and now she's a teacher. Um, And what I can say is that these teachers are putting in a lot of work. They're being very creative. They are um, brainstorming with one another, uh, talking with one another constantly to come up with new ways to engage the students. It's really tough. And, you know, I hear her on the, the phone if I walk by her office, and uh, <laughs> I hear her with her students, and it just, it warms my heart. They, um, they love the interaction because they're not getting a whole lot of interaction. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they're not with their uh, friends and, and other teachers. Uh, so all they have is this one touch point uh, per day, and it's, uh, it's heartwarming to hear, you know, Amanda converse with them. Um, it is difficult sometimes. I know, right, Amanda, when we first started oh, yeah. this, she's upstairs, I'm downstairs, but we're both on the loud side, I'm just saying, and um, she yelled down to me on a break, hey, you're a little loud down there on the phone, I can hear you up here. So, uh, you know, we've had to modify our work at home just to make sure that our we keep our lives separate, but, uh, you know, we've managed well, one of you is in a place where there are birds chirping, and I'm so jealous. So who is that? Which one I'm, of I'm which one did you outside. get? You're outside <laughs> with the birds. Good for yeah, you. It's gorgeous. Good for you. Well, I can't wait to get out that there. That is one good thing of teaching remotely. I can bring my computer outside and 
teach outside if I want. Yeah, that, that gives you that versatility. Well, I think we've got yeah. just a few seconds left. Um, it, it is a great time to thank all of our educators, you know, the support yeah. staff, the curriculum people, the administrators, the, the teachers, um, and applaud the students. You know, get, just give it your best shot, and uh, it's going to take a lot of getting used to, but there are a lot of people out there that care. As you mentioned, Beth, you know, you know how hard uh, Amanda works. And so thank you for that, Amanda, because it's still, you know, it still has to happen. We still got to maintain our educational system because we want yeah, to get into the fact that the financial piece of this has already gone to hell. So what else have we got? If <laughs> we don't have anything, if we don't have education, correct? Yeah, true. Absolutely. And I want to say I'm, um, I'm very proud of my teacher uh, upstairs and all of the <laughs> other teachers that are out there that are, that are doing this work. It's difficult work under the best of circumstances and you know this pandemic has made it that much more challenging uh, but necessary for for the students and uh, for their futures so thank you to uh, all of you who have a part in this absolutely and we're out of time boy this went by fast but it was very enlightening and very interesting to hear it um, from another perspective so amanda connor thank you for joining us beth thank you for being here it's always fun to chat with you as well. And more importantly, thank you for listening to this edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.